Today we come to Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, Hebrews 13 is uh, basically split into two sections. Uh, the first section is on the virtues for the church life, and this includes verses 1 through 7 and 16 through 19. And then the second section is on the experiences of Christ in verses 8 through 15. And although the word church is not found in this chapter, the entire chapter is concerned with the church life. The experiences of Christ and the practical virtues in 1 through 7 and 16 through 19 covered here are for the church. So let me go through the virtues very quickly and then we'll go on to the experiences of Christ. Uh, the first virtue is brotherly love. It says in verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to say we love one another when we're apart, but when we live together and we work together and coordinate together, uh, sometimes it's not so easy to have brotherly love. This is why Paul charges them, let brotherly love continue. Uh, then uh, the second thing is in verse 2, it says, do not forget hospitality. Uh, hospitality is a great thing for the building up of the body of Christ. It gives us a chance to be blended with members that we don't get to spend that much time with. Then uh, the, next, uh, the next virtue is remembering the suffering members. Uh, the verse says, remember those who are imprisoned. No doubt those that were under persecution at that time, some were, un some were imprisoned uh, by that persecution. Then the fourth virtue is holding marriage in honor. Let marriage be held in honor. Whether a church is sound or healthy or loses its enjoyment and, and essence is very much dependent upon the marriage life. You know, for a healthy, strong church life, we need to have a strong marriage life. Then uh, the fifth virtue is without love of money. Let your way of life be without the love of money. We must be satisfied with whatever we have and what, with whatever circumstances we're in knowing that we have the Lord and that we can trust in Him for our living. Then number six, remembering the ministers of the Word of God. Remember the ones leading you who have spoken to you the Word of God. These are the uh, first set of virtues that are in the first seven verses. But then the last set is in verses 16 through 19, and I'll go ahead and go through these. First of all, you have doing good. Uh, do not forget doing good. And then sharing with others, sharing with others, uh, two great virtues. Then uh, obeying the leading ones and submitting to them. So we need to obey the ones, it says, obey the ones leading you and submit to them. And then finally, praying for the apostles. Paul says, pray for us. So all of these virtues that we've just gone over are a great, great help for the building up of the church. Now we'll spend a little time on the experiences of Christ. In verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, the writer seems to be telling the Hebrew believers, Brothers, God sent his messengers to preach to you the word of Christ. This Christ is always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you accepted him as the Christ in the past, you should not change your concept now due to the strange teachings about eating. Right away in verse 9, he says, Do not be carried away by various strange teaching. 
For it is good for the heart to be confirmed by grace, not by the food of sacrifices. For a true and steadfast church life, we must hold on to the unchangeable Christ and not be carried away by various and strange teachings. And these teachings are used by Satan to cause dissension and even division in the church. You know, you, he's saying to the Hebrew believers, you've received the unchangeable Christ. Since he does not change, you should not change either. Do not be distracted by the strange teachings about ceremonial eating. You know, the, the, the writer, Paul, warned the Hebrew believers not to let the teachings carry them away from the church life under the new covenant. The writer of the book then goes on to charge the believers to be confirmed by grace. So you have to be warned about the, the, the strange and teachings, but you have to positively be confirmed by grace. And he says at that time at that time to be confirmed by grace was to remain in the new covenant to enjoy Christ as grace. Verse 10 says, We have an altar from which they have no right to eat who serve the tabernacle. This altar must be the cross on which the Lord Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 10 is a strong argument against the food used by the Judaizers in their strange teaching, attempting to carry away the new covenant believers from the enjoyment of Christ. The writer of the, of the book is arguing that in the offering of the sin offering, the basic offering for their yearly atonement, there was nothing for anyone to eat. With the sin offering, it was not a matter of eating, but of receiving its efficacy. What we need today is not to eat the foods of the Old Testament services, but to receive the efficacy of Christ's offering. Then verse 13 goes on to say, Let us therefore go forth unto him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. If we would be real Christians, we must experience Christ, not in the way of eating a religious meal, but in the way of going outside the camp to bear his reproach following him in the sanctifying pathway of the cross. To go outside the camp means to go outside the human organization of religion. Verse 14 goes on to say, For we do not have here a remaining city, but we seek after the one to come. The city signifies something of the earthly realm. In the book of Hebrews, both the gate of the city and the camp signify the Jewish religion with its two aspects the earthly and the human. Judaism is both earthly and human. Every religion is both, is both a human organization and an, and, and, and an earthly realm which keeps people away from God's economy. The book of Hebrews instructs and charges us to come forward to the Holy of Holies and to enter within the veil. The way into the Holy of Holies, a new and living way, has been slain. Hence, this book, firstly, it ushers us into the Holy of Holies and then directs us to go outside the camp. First, we enter into the Holy of Holies where we are strengthened and encouraged to go outside the camp. And then we go out of the organization of religion. The more we enter within the veil, the more we, the more we go outside the camp. And by this continual entering within the veil and going outside the camp, we stay in the lane of God's economy for a strong church life.